You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Thursday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel here with Joel Conan and Dennis Stake. We just got a decision out of the ECB about uh, 15 minutes ago or so. They are increasing their bond buying program. Uh, as far as micro headlines, the casino stocks caught a bit yesterday. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about some earnings we had from overnight. And we'll take your questions from our chats, as many of them as we can. Uh, Premarket.benzinga.com, Benzinga Pro, and on our YouTube channel. I'll throw it to Joe. Oh, also today's guest, Ryan Dietrich. He's the senior market strategist at LPL Financial. He's going to put this rally over the past month or so into perspective for us. So that'll be at 835. I'll bring Joel on now. Joel, uh, as I try to un unmute you here, uh, maybe you unmute yourself, but uh, Joel, can give us a quick update here on the overnight session. Uh, well, I just want to check, Spencer, because yeah. there's something maybe wrong with my quotes. Oh, they're down? Yeah, the S&Ps are mm. down nine. Yeah. So is there, is there something, do I need to reboot? Or maybe. Is there, um, does anybody else having that same quote problem? Because I, I just don't want to give inaccurate data to our listeners around the world. But uh, if this is what I'm seeing here, my platform is correct. We're trading down eight and a half handles. Uh, we made a shot at uh, the high from Wednesday, 29.50. Uh, 26.75 is the best we could do. Uh, we came down under 3,100, that psychological support level at 3,099. I don't think we any get any good downside going until we take out the intraday low from yesterday at 3096. And the ECB much uh, brought us up to mid-range here, uh, 3108.50. Mid-range is about 3112. Uh, crude, that's in the red by 35 cents at 36.94. Gold bouncing back after being under 1700, up 1160 at 1709.40. Silver dancing above and below 18, but right now up 2.7 cents at 17.985.
and Bitcoin up $55 at $9,710. let us uh, For confirmation that the market's actually red, uh, let's bring in Dennis here. Dennis, are your quotes working? Yeah, it's working. It's uh, We're not down nearly as much as we were, though, and you can thank uh, what's happening over in Europe. Again, a monetary policy helping out the markets here and helping up the markets over in Europe. They were getting hit here ahead of the Fed meeting over there, the ECB meeting. What do they do, Mr. Israel? Looks like uh, just, just helping out this market. Yep. So they announced a few moments ago, like I said, uh, more bond buying. The expectation was that they were going to uh, increase their bond buying program by uh, 600 million uh, euros. That was the expectation. Uh, and actually, I'm sorry, 500 million, uh, billion, excuse me. When I was a million. Billion. The expectation was that they would increase their bond buying by 500 billion euros. They actually increased it by 600 billion euros. So more bond buying than expected. They uh, left their deposit rate unchanged at negative 0.5%. Christine Lagarde is due to speak here in about mm, 40 or so minutes from now. And we'll get more commentary when she does that. But uh, they like the stimulus. More stimulus. Markets love free money. Markets love printing money. Markets love the Fed. They love the ECB. This is what they live on. This is the cocaine that the market is driven on. So not surprising that European markets would rebound off of this. Uh, we are off the lows significantly here, Joel. How far are we off the lows here now? Uh, 11 handles. 11 handles. We got By the, the dip working again. Yeah. yeah, yep. yeah. Groundhog <laughs> day around here. By the dip seems to work every once in a while. Uh, if you're looking at separation here, you're seeing the banks very strong here again this morning. We are seeing a continuation of the trade that we've been seeing go for the last three, four days. Airlines, very strong. We'll talk about those in a second. I mean, uh, you know, American Airlines, uh, Spirit Airlines. This Spirit Airlines rally is nothing short of incredible. Two days ago, the stock was trading at $13 or $3, now $19. So you're talking about a 50% rally in two and a half days unbelievable move here in spirit so airlines the cruise lines are down because there was an offering from rcl but you know oh, actually i'm wrong i was going to say probably isn't going to last long and it's not because norwegian is already trading higher and ccl did it go green too oh yes of course because this is what we do we just buy dips i don't know groundhog day around here what is the spirit news? That is very up two on two million shares here, folks. Uh, Spencer, give us that news. I I don't think there is news. <laughs> it's just really? News. It's, just goes no, up it, it's just going up. It, and you know, it's spirit. You seems want to to stop for a second and, and just, so there was. <laughs> It was Steve Grasso on CNBC last night said he thinks this thing's going up another fifty percent. And when he said that, thing blasted off. And no pun intended, you know, 50 cents. So a three, four percent move just off of Grasso. That just continues here today. It, it's uh, it's unbelievable how much CNBC commentators move stocks. Spirit seems to be uh, like every every morning when I when I come to my desk and I look at my my movers filter in Benzinger Pro, uh, of all the airlines, Spirit seems to be the <laughs> one that moves in the pre market the most. Yeah, for sure. It's got a higher beta. It's more, it's more aggressive with, you know, how they've, you know, obviously, you know, the big discount airlines, it's, it's got the higher beta. It always did. It always moves more than the other airlines. So it's not surprising when the airlines are up. If you're seeing an LUV up 5%, it's not surprising. The spirit will be up 10%. So it, it, it's just, you got to know when you're trading these things, 
obviously the different relationships and some are more volatile than others. It's like AMD is much more volatile than Intel on any given day. If Intel's down 1%, a lot of times AMD is down 2%. Just to know that stuff and know those relationships allows you to obviously hedge better, but also to take advantage of a relative mispricing. Don't they, I mean, they're more uh, local, right? Or more US based. I don't even think they do any international travel, correct? I don't believe so. Yeah, and um, also, I don't know who I was discussing this with. Maybe my, uh, my brother. I'm not sure. Maybe they're in a little better cash position than some of these other airlines. Don't quote me on that. But um, Spirit, yeah, oh, I don't think so. No. I think Spirit. I think Spirit. Spirit's the risky one, but it's the one that's okay. going to hit the most too. Like if you look, where's LUV? Thirty-six dollars still. You know, it's only got half the losses. So SAVE was the one that was teetering. Probably the weakest in positioning the reason it's up is because the weakest are rallying the most right now so the stocks that we thought might potentially go bankrupt this is the non-bankruptcy trade this is the reopening trade this is the hope trade that hey spirit airlines actually might make it and if it does the stock is probably cheap so it's it's still we're not out of the woods don't kid yourself on any of these airlines this is the reopening trade this is the hope trade and if we don't go back into lockdown, if COVID does get contained, these stocks are cheap. If COVID comes back and we go into a second lockdown, there's a high possibility that all of these airlines, may, and Spirit being one of them, may not make it. So it's all about you know going forward, what's going to happen going forward? Can they survive if we go into a second lockdown? Right now, the market is thinking zero about a second lockdown. It is full on reopening. COVID is gone. We're good to go. I don't know if I believe that. That's why I still sit with a lot of cash. With that being said, you got to be long right now from a short-term perspective because this market just wants to go higher. All right, let's just take a look at uh, at Spirit Airlines here. On the move, up $2.35 on over 2 million shares. That is a lot of shares. That means there's a lot of buying, a lot of selling going on out there. And for you pre-market traders, I mean, 20's gotta be a, just a psychological level. Let's see if there's any, uh, any offers there. Where do we trade up to? We just traded up to, right, I don't think we hit 20 yet, did we? 20 on the kisser, right there. We hit 20 right on the nose, we backed off. What about the dailies? On the dailies, you got a gap fill here. Ooh, to 2019 to 2014 so you can be buying it at 20 uh you could try and sell it at 2014 i think that's a big area just for the fact it's just shooting up here today gets over 20 holds 20 first 15 minutes a half hour well then look for 21 but just clearing that 20 dollar hurdle big big move so far i'm not sure anybody see the books at at 20 because it's coming from a long ways down right because it's settled uh uh, you know, it's yeah, it's a good bucks. point. When you get to these big hole numbers, those can have some you know, blockers in there, as in big institutional sellers that might stop from going higher. I would think 20 would stall it out the first time. But who knows? This thing's got so much bloody momentum. Maybe it just cuts through that like a hot knife through butter. I mean, it's unbelievable the move here. But if you're coming in, you're buying Spirit Airlines now. You're buying a stock that is up almost 100% in seven trading sessions. 
This is chasing again. And I know it's paid to chase in some of these cases, some of these stocks it has, but you get pullbacks. It's just like DraftKings. We were talking about that a couple days ago. And I said on the show, it was like $44, $45. I said, if you're buying this thing now, you are chasing. Well, look what happened to DraftKings. It fell 15% in a day. I mean, this is how these things go. They go up like crazy and they go down very quickly too on the pullbacks. The pullbacks are wicked. We saw a huge, uh, huge money coming out of a lot of these you know, little, uh, little uh, Momo trades there. The GAN that uh, Jason was talking about, that stock was $26. It's now, it was under $20 here this morning. So they do pull back. Sometimes those pullbacks are the buying opportunity. So if you're looking at, you know, different opportunities like on the DraftKings, I wait for a pullback. Well, you got a pullback. The question is, is it really a pullback when it was $25 a week and a half ago? Where is your support? I mean, you're still at trend. You're still at trend probably at $32, $33. So it's hard to just be a buyer at 39 saying, oh, here's the pullback I've been waiting for. It was a really wicked move. So, you know, the same thing goes with Spirit Airlines. Do you want to be a buyer of pullbacks? Probably. Like I said, I don't see the catalyst here that's going to make everybody all of a sudden think the reopening has failed in the immediate future. You know, even if you think the summer isn't going to affect it, it's going to take a few weeks when, before we start getting out there, before we start to see cases really start to pop up. And how much does it have to pop up before the market cares? This market has shrugged off everything. Even if, you know, when you start seeing the cases creep up a bit, does the market just shrug it off? The market, now, if you've seen a huge spike and you've seen, you know, that the government's talking about a second lockdown, I think the markets would sell off on that. But there's, you know, a, a lot of reasons here why the airlines are all of a sudden strong. And just for me, uh, the nine-day average trading range for uh, Spirit is a buck and a half. It's up 230. I mean, is it going to have a two and a half, three and a half, four-point update? Yeah, maybe. But just based on where it's come from, based on its average trading trading range, uh, I agree with you, Triple D. Can't, can't I, be- I can't chase this. I, can't I mean, this it. is how... In, and this is exactly, you know, we talked about this, you know, Trey, I told the story. And, you know, when I started Bright Trading in 1999, the person who was sitting next to me would just jump on every moving train. And he'd, you know, oh, this is going, I better go get in this. And you know what? It would turn on and go down. And then, oh, this is moving, I better go get this. And he'd get in and it would turn down. When you're jumping in the thing and the thing's up, you know, 20, 30% the last day, and you're jumping in here now, the pullbacks on these things are wicked sometimes. It's, it's, it's all about trading is all about this thing and spender talks about it on the chat too finding stocks that are an uptrend so buying pullbacks on stocks that are in uptrends and selling the the pops on the stocks that are in downtrends that's how i've made that's how you know i trade that's how i've always traded you know obviously i do a lot of arbitrage do different things but overall what's the trend and i want to go with the trend but i want to chase it i don't want to be buying stocks that are rallying 50 percent in two days because the thing pulls back 25 percent and you're stuck here and you're like, okay, now what? It's still got an uptrend though, so I better hold it. Well, you're down 25% of your money. I don't want to lose 25% of my money. So hard to control the risk. The time to buy Boeing, and we'll go to Boeing here now, was when we talked about it on the show two weeks ago at 135. And I set the trade up for you. And I said, look, you know, this is starting to look like it could wants to go. And you, know, you can stop yourself out at 128 so you can somewhat control the risk. I know seven points is a wide stop, but you were going for some stock. I did not buy it. I wish I would have, but I didn't. And now it's 181. So if you're coming in now buying it now, it was up 20 bucks yesterday. It's up another 10 today. You're chasing. Chasing sometimes works, but often it does not. I can't control the risk. I'm not chasing better places and safer places for me to put my money. 
Yeah, just uh, quickly, Boeing kept on going. There was nothing on the dailies to stop purpose? it. <laughs> <laughs> Stayed up Sorry, all night thinking of that one. <laughs> Go ahead. 70, we're trading. Oh, another eight and a half sticks here. It's uh, crazy we, hot. Wow. But who, oh. who took the position yesterday? Third Dan, was it was it i forget already that Dan we Lowe. thought took a position that was two days ago Dan Loeb. there you go so we thought but Dan Loeb, and i don't know if we ever got confirmation on that but and, we, and, and, and it's something something new he didn't just take it it was saying that he it was a winner for him in may so but but we found out for the first time that dan Loeb is involved in boeing and yeah. this is this is the headline so that's what the time when you saw that headline catalyst hit, that dan Loeb is coming in and we know when the headline originally broke it was 755 yesterday morning so if you were like yeah that'll move the stock and you bought it <laughs> yesterday morning at the open on the dan Loeb headline you took a little heat for the first few minutes a little come in find a little pullback tried to fill it and then it just ran and ran and ran and ran and now you're up 25 points don't tell me you can't make money on headlines. <laughs> uh, Boeing, I'm looking at this. We're trading at the highs of the pre-market session. And uh, your recovery high, if you really – this is your next target, your only target, 186.48. Uh, that was the – I think like the 20 – we had that one day where every, there was a big market rally. Everything came off the lows. It was March 26th. Everything, I'm looking at so many of these charts – and there's that day, March 26, where everything came out of that low, just exploded, and put in levels that have not been reached yet, even though the broad market's a lot higher. That level, oh, this is going to stick with 186.48. That's a good target here in Boeing, another five bucks away. On the downside, I don't know where to buy this thing. Maybe unchanged, but you might not see that today. And, and Spinner pointing out that he bought the bought debt. I mean, the, the point here is Dan Loeb is involved with Boeing. So the headline was Boeing shares spike. Hearing Third Point has a new stake in the company. And then later, we find out that it's buying debt. That was from the trade exchange. So this is all still rumors. But the rumors of Dan Loeb being involved and comfortable enough to invest money in Boeing, whether it's the debt or the equity, was the catalyst to take the stock flying. So what these things need when they have a setup is a catalyst. It had the catalyst, the rumor of Loeb, and that is why the stock blasted off. And then everybody just started buying every airline hand over fist. Um, the, 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 you, you, if you get a catalyst, you often see you know, a move. And you know what? Props to you again, Spencer Israel. He's been giving us a lot Spencer's of good hot. trades yesterday. What I say? In the last couple of days. But you talked about the casinos, and we know they're opening today. And then we're saying, you know what? That's a catalyst, and that's something. And, and, the, and the, the day you talked about it, they pulled back significantly. But yesterday, the day ahead of the reopening, they blasted off. And today, again, the simple trade, just buying the casinos ahead of the opening, works again. It's like buying Apple ahead of an Apple event seems to work often. Buying the casinos before they open seems to work. Wind Resorts, huge move yesterday. Continued move today, up another 3%. Las Vegas Sands, up another 4% here in the pre-market. MGM, up 7% more in the pre-market after huge moves yesterday. That was just a great call by you, Spencer, talking about these stocks that can move ahead of these events. At midnight, I think, uh, midnight... This past midnight was 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 the reopening, uh, or when they when they can so, reopen. So, so how is it going to work in like a craps table? 
I don't know how any of it works. And they were asking, they had an, an executive from the casino industry on CNBC last night. And they were asking questions like, how are you going to control? Are you going to come down and wipe down the slot machines, you know, with sanitizer when somebody gets up and moves? And she did not even address that. Really? She said, oh, oh, yeah, there's no way they're wiping down every slot machine after somebody moves. There's absolutely no way. And the, it's, the manpower you're thinking too hard about game. logistics. You're thinking too many. Forget the details. Details aren't important. It's not important. Details it's, are very important because it's just reopening. Feel safe or not? But, that, you, but well, yeah, you're right, Spencer. All, it's it's a point. The <laughs> trade's been made. You're right. The reopening <laughs> trade has been made, and you're right. You don't even as a trader, you don't have to worry about those details. You see, over. the casinos are reopening in a couple trade of days. Job. I'm going to get long MGM win because they're probably going to run them up ahead of that. If you were doing that simple trade. You made like 20% on your money in two days. Those simple trades work. I've made my living trading off the simple trades. And I'm kicking myself that I didn't do that one either. I mean, you can't do every trade. I did 45 trades last night. But, you know, I didn't do the MGM uh, run-up trade. And I was really mad at myself when I saw him trading up after hours. I was like, I totally forgot about it. First of all, you know, I should have been doing it the day before when they were pulling back when I talked about it on the show. And then, you know, secondly, um, I didn't do it even the night before. And usually the night before, they're going to run up here too. So easy, easy peasy. Now, if you're coming and buying the casinos now, this is a classic buy on rumor, sell on news. So I don't know if I would even want to touch those. I'm not going to short them, but if you're coming in and buying MGM and win after they just had these big moves now, you've missed the easy money and you are chasing, again, chasing. And it could pull a DraftKings on you if you're chasing. I, maybe they won't even have a craps table open. I mean, that's my favorite. I mean, first of all, you, you know, if you're standing six feet away, I mean, they, the they aren't going to be able to do the social distancing. There's no way. The fun thing about craps is, you know, everyone's around the table. Yeah. You get the dice, you get the dice going, make the point. Everyone's on the number. Yeah. Everyone's screaming and yelling until the sheriff comes up and locks up all the chips. So I don't know. Maybe everyone will be wearing gloves on the slot machines. That's one possibility, but, uh, but that's right. Like, who cares now? The trade's over, or may not be over, but it had to move, and let the let the casinos worry about the logistics. We don't have what, to. What the executive was saying last night is they, they foresee not somebody, and she didn't address that part of the question, but she said, we foresee, you know, when you come stay in the hotel, we give you a little package. It includes a mask and some hand sanitizer. You know, that, that's how they're going to address it. They're going to try to clean a little better, and they give you a little package. Here's a mask and some hand sanitizer. Good luck. Okay. I mean, if, you know, if we've knocked it back, you know, maybe you're going to be okay. You know, I don't know. I, I'll tell you, I'm not going to the casino. I'm not going and playing craps. I'm not going and pulling a slot machine. Not that I was ever a big gambler in the first place. Everybody thinks you're a day trader or a gambler, but I'm not, unless you're Joel. Joel's a gambler, but. <laughs> yeah, I'm a gambler. gambler, yeah. I just... uh, it, it's, it's incredible to just think about, you know, the logistics to how to make that safe. It, it, you can't. There's no way you can so if people start getting sick again, there's a high possibility they might have to close some of these things down again. Hopefully it's not the case, but we don't know. I, I can't envision, you know, I think the only way is if it's not spreading, you know, it's been knocked back enough that, you know, there's just not that many carriers out there. And the masks are going to help. But are you going to make every single person at the craps table wear a mask? Everybody's yelling through their masks and stuff. It doesn't sound that much like fun It'd be to hard me. too, because like if you're doing, you know, you know, twenty four dollar six, twenty four dollar eight, you know, move my five to the ten and you know, all that stuff. And you know, those dealers are like boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Are they gonna be able to hear you through the mask? And they then can, also I guess, but... well, also what about like the chips? Are they gonna clean every chip? Never. No way. 
No way. I saw you have gloves and that in that bag that they're gonna give you. They're gonna be a pair of gloves, there's gonna be a mask, there's gonna be some hand sanitizer. Every guest is gonna get a little baggy. That's what she hinted at. Little baggy, sure. hand sanitizer, gloves, mask, go play. So you're with your mask, you're with your gloves, you're definitely safer than you were to be with nothing. <clears throat> but you're not gonna be there's no way to just minimize the risk down to zero. You're somehow, gonna cut the risk in half, probably. Somehow I get the feeling that the people who are willing to go to a casino right now are not concerned about wearing a mask. So, so it, what, for sure, what different, what the people who are going mean? there right now think this is all a hoax and it's just the flu. <laughs> or they, or, or they just really, really, really want to gamble and they just don't really care about. Yeah, uh, that could be too. You get, you get so. the hardcore gamblers. You're right; they'll go in there. So, you know, um, what about? I just had something I, w- I wanted to say, uh, and it just left my mind. Uh oh. Sorry, I, I, I had something. No, it, it was related to the casinos and. Uh, oh no! Okay, uh, you, you're talking about a vaccine, Dennis. We, uh, the New York Times, had an article yesterday uh, sourcing from the White House the five finalists, the five vaccine finalists. Okay, let's cover those. That That's we had here. So, so Moderna, Johnson Johnson, Merck, Pfizer. Um, I wrote them down and I couldn't remember all five off the top of my head. But Why are these the finalists? What is it? I don't understand I how they're controlling this the is, world. This is, this is what, according to the New York Times, this is what the White House is saying. Oh, and, and AstraZeneca. Uh, this is what the White House is saying are the, the finalists for Operation Warp Speed, right? The, we're going to develop a vaccine in record time. So these are the, the companies that the White House is going to help? Is that, that what we're saying? That because the White House has... I don't think the White House can just stop a company over in no, Germany no, 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 to, no, but from no. developing a vaccine. No, no, no. So but it's, White it House... sounds weird. Oh, these are the five we've chosen to, no. you know, to get the vaccine going. That sounds as weird. It, it's it's the five that the White House is saying are are are, are the, have the best chance essentially. Okay. This is what the White House is saying. According, and to I, I mean, those five companies we've been talking about on this show for the last couple of months. So we'll name the five again: uh, uh, Moderna, Johnson Johnson, Merck, Pfizer, AstraZeneca. Those are the five vaccine, and if you if you're thinking where's Gilead, Remdesivir is Sanofi not. Sanofi didn't get any love. No, they didn't. Uh, Probably Sanofi, because they're Sanofi and GSK did not get uh, on that list. Uh, Gilead, Remdesivir, not a vaccine; it's a treatment. That's why they're not on the list. But uh, well, Sanofi are... not getting on the list is is interesting because yes, Sanofi, is. I think a lot of people suspect, and I know Scott Gottlieb too, is that this one could be one of the leaders here. Sanofi so. is working with GSK on that. Yeah, and so they're not they're not on this list. Yeah, so that's interesting. But I mean, Moderna. We've yeah. talked about Moderna. The stock has been wild. It's going to trade on headlines. It's waiting for the next headline. Is it good or bad? If it's good, it could go up. If it's bad, it could go down. I would, I, you know, the, the the run that you've had in Moderna. There's a lot of, you know, there was a lot of good news priced in. I mean, it has pulled back from the highs. But we also saw, you know, think about Gilead. Yes, it's not a vaccine, but it's a similar play. It's a play on COVID drug, and it's a therapy. But Gilead, the, the second and third times that, you know, they were trying to report positive data, the, the rallies were less and less and less. And now it's leaked back down and pretty much given it all back. So you're coming in Moderna on the Hope Trade. Yes, it's a smaller company. Yes, it's more significant to the bottom line than it is on a Gilead. But its stock was $20, $18 back in February. So you're at 60 So you're still up. You know, you're, you're buying something that's up 200%. Lots of good news still priced in there. So if they get good news, maybe it can go a bit higher. If they get bad news, it could get slammed. 
One more thing on the casinos. Are they going to have the buffets open? <laughs> I just don't want to know. No. Um, you know what? <laughs> um, I, there was actually, and I'm not sure about the casinos, but I believe that they were talking about this on the cruise lines. And I saw this, that they will be switching to plated. Like it won't be just the, the mass buffets. And that's, for, that's a Wait, good I, thing. You said on cruises? I think so. When the oh, then, what's, then, then what's the point? <laughs> well, if they're going to have nice dinners, you said, I believe it was, and maybe what's... I'm getting it wrong, but I saw, you know, they had an executive, I believe it was from the cruise industry on there. And, and they were talking about the move from away from the buffets into more like order your food. So I love buffets. I'm all about buffets. I'm 210 pounds. You know, I like eating. I'm, so... I'm going, I'm going 210 bed. 210 bed. <laughs> 210 bed. <laughs> I'll go 210 bed with you too. The way I, when you're when you're locked in your house, you eat more, right? So <laughs> I'm getting out of my house. Maybe I'll start doing something. But I, I think they want to move away from the buffets. Um, I think a, I think the casinos will do it a little bit too. Not that the casinos is a big thing. These all inclusives is really where the buffets are, are are very popular because it's easy for them. That's a big money maker. Throw a bunch of food out there. You don't have to serve the people. They serve themselves. Less labor intensive. It's just easier. But I don't know. Like you touch those, you know, the, 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 the spoon that everybody else is touching. The next person comes, touches the next person. All it takes is one person that sneezed on their hand and boom, everybody's yeah. getting it. So I've thought about, you know, always, always thought about that stuff, you know, way before COVID. Now it's like, I don't think I, I'm going to think about that every time I go to a buffet. So I would not want to be an investor in, in any type of buffet restaurant here right now. We'll put it if that you, way. If you ever want to see a stampede, uh, go on a cruise. Well, maybe not now, but uh, if you go on a cruise and they have that midnight buffet, holy mackerel. I mean, it's worth it. Even if you don't watch, if you go, don't go eat the food, but you watch the people line up and the amount of food that they put on their plate. That's me. Wait, wait, Dennis, didn't you just go on a cruise like a year ago? No, I went to Jamaica just back before this started, remember? No, but yeah, but you you, you need to go No, I, I went, I've been on a cruise since my honeymoon. Oh, okay. We did the Western right. Caribbean. We did right. uh, Belize, Costa Rica, and Panama. Never mind. Kind of neat. Saw the Panama Canal. Alright, cool. sorry, sorry to digress. Okay, yeah, we're, we're off track here. Uh, I've been known I wanna, to do that. I, I want to get to some tickers from the chat. I have too, Joel. Uh, somebody <laughs> asked, uh, Dennis, that's your whole show. <laughs> I want to get ticker time. Yeah, ticker I, time I, Thursday. I want to get to Genius Brands G N U S. This has been asked by a few yeah. people in the What's chat. What's going on with that? It's been running yesterday. Past couple of days. What? I said the buyers yesterday were geniuses. Hey, real quick. We just got initial jobless claims for the week. 1.87 million versus a 1.8 million estimate. So bullish. 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 Continuing claims. Continuing claims, 21 and a half million. That's just insane. Okay. Anyway, uh, genius. Good news is good news. news, Bad news is good news. Continue. Yeah. Let's get to genius brands here. Uh, This has been asked by a few people in the chat. Wow. GNUS. 27 cents. This stock and start of May. One month ago, it was 27 cents. Now it's That's nine cool. bucks. Woo! Boy. What kind of. Congratulations what, to the longs. In 10 bucks of, on these things. Is there options? <laughs> no, for your, real. Sometimes why? these small companies don't have options because the strikes are five and a half, seven and a half, ten. Whenever, here's a, here's a tip for you when you're trading these small flyers. When you have optionality, and I don't know if you do on this, I'll look right now. But when you have options on these stocks, and yes, I believe they do, they have a lot. No, I don't think they do. Um, I, don't, I don't see an option chain. If somebody can verify that, I don't think they do. But 
if you do see some of these small movers have options, the five, the seven and a half, and the 10 are often stopping points for the simple reason that people, that's where they Good come point. in the money. And if you've got some open interest there, that's where, you know, the market makers start selling the stock against their open option positions. And people are, you know, now speculating further than that. So I, I, again, I don't see an options chain on this. Maybe my platform's just not showing it. But if there was, I would say, you know, we'll look out for the 10. But who knows? These things can go anywhere. Children Entertainment Company. Yep. So this is a stock that was going to be delisted and, is, and that's been canceled now. But uh, they have a ch- two children's networks that they, I guess, are merging. Uh, and they also announced how many uh, uh, offerings did they announce in May? One, two, uh, one. I think they announced two offerings, three offerings in May sorry, four offerings in May. Uh, so they're raising money on the way up here and they are launching this new children's network uh, called Cartoon Channel, Cartoon with a K. Um, so this was, this was just a Momo play. There's nothing really fundamental yeah. going on here. Sold to you. I, I'm, I'm not interested in chasing this thing whatsoever. We were looking at this thing in a month and a half. It's probably back to two to three bucks, maybe lower than that. So hot potato game. You come in, Hot you want potato, to chase, hot chase, potato. but hot potato, hot potato Thursday. But uh, again, the same story. We talk about stocks like this. People want to get rich fast. This is what they want to talk about. This is what they want to be in because everybody wants to get rich fast. These stocks make you broke fast because they're very hard to time. The hardest thing in the whole world to trade. The algos are all over it. Look how fast it's moving. It's all algorithmic trading. And this thing could be like six bucks in an hour. And you'd be like, what happened to me? It could be like 12 bucks in an hour. And, you know, maybe you'd make some money. The people who bought it yesterday, you got to get in these things. The time to get in, if you're going to play this for a break, it was two bucks. And I'm, this is the first time I've looked at this stock, GNUS. But you can see it got up to $2 back in May. Then it had the little consolidation. What have we been teaching you on the show? Consolidation station is the time to place your bets. Time not to place your bets is when a stock has run up 200% in a day and a half. Because these things often end ugly. So especially you get any of these whole numbers of 10 bucks. I'm not a hero. I'm not going to try to call the top. They hate this I, job. They hate this jobs data, Dennis. We are absolutely coming unraveled here. We just lost 10 million. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, unemployment makes it different. Yep. They're coming in. They're selling. They're selling and they're selling hard. We're just on the pre-market low of 30.98 intraday low from yesterday. All of a sudden, the jobless claims matters. All of a sudden, unemployment is something people are worried about. All of a sudden, today, right now, this second, it makes a difference. But you know what? We'll just uh, pause here at 3,100, rip up. But people are nervous ahead of this jobs number. I definitely would say people are nervous ahead of that number tomorrow. All right. I, I honestly don't know when fundamental, when the whole macro picture starts to matter. It will matter eventually. I don't know when that is. There's nobody that does know when that's going to start to matter, when numbers are actually going to start to mean something. So, you know, interesting that they're choosing today to sell off the market a little bit. I think it's probably more just the fact that the market has been going straight up. For a week and a half, it's been too easy on the bulls. We were straight up from 3,000 to 3,120. And this is the little pullback. I think the pullback probably gets bought again. Can it pull back four or 500 Dow points? Yeah, easily. I mean, we've had a pretty significant run. But I think I'd be a buyer if we were to pull back significantly just because that's what this market You'd is. You'd be a buyer okay. significantly? What, what significantly? Uh, 30, like another 50 handles or... 
What's again? Yeah, I'm a buyer on all the pullbacks as I'm underinvested. The same reason the other money managers are. I've been buying pullbacks. So I'm not going to lie to you. Like I've been saying, I'm underinvested. So and when, we, when we pulled back there under 3,000, back on whatever it was, the Thursday yep. or the Friday, we had the pullback day. I bought five stocks that day for my long-term portfolio. I told you the ones. I bought Twitter. I bought um, Spotify, which was kind of, that's more of a, a, a play, again, Swing. just uh, w- with a, a tighter leash because that's a wild child. I bought Tap. We talked about that one. That one really moved. That was given to us by the intern. I bought, I can't remember what else, but I'm not buying on the days we're up three, right, four right. hundred points. I'm buying the days we're down. So if I'm looking to invest, I'm looking at, you know, yeah, we'll pull back two, three, four hundred Dow points. I, I'll look at, you know, my list and what I want to buy. I bought Procter & Gamble. I'm not chasing save. I'm not chasing GNUS. I'm not chasing DraftKings. But on a pullback on some of these stocks, yeah, if I like the stock and it's on my list, I'll buy the pullback. Let's get our guest thoughts on this. Ryan Dietrich is a senior market strategist at LPL Financial. Ryan, good morning. When do you think the data, economic data, will catch up to the market or uh, other oh. way around? Well, isn't that the ultimate question to start off? Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> I mean, Welcome. What? Yeah. Throw you one. to the fire. I mean, Exactly. You know, hey, but no, you're right, guys. It's going to take a while. I mean, you know, we've seen the data. You know, when you have job losses like we've had in recessions, it takes years to make up all of the job losses. And we just lost 20 million last month by another, I don't know, we'll see what tomorrow says, eight or nine million maybe, uh, you know, this past month. Um, you know, it's going to take a long time. But here's the thing I just play with some numbers, is what I do, right? I mean, you know, if you look at the COVID 19 testing, guys, we've had over 400,000 tests. Seven days in a row. That's according to the COVID um, testing website. The, if you look at all the data before these past seven days, only four times did we have over 400,000 tests. What I'm getting at, I get all the, I mean, we get it, right? There's the biggest disconnect probably in anyone's career between the economy and the stock market. But the reality is a fact that when you get into the Fed and all that stuff, more testing and less positive tests are really what we think are a big part of what's driven so much of this rally and every day I look at that data it comes out and we're doing another 450,000 tests yesterday and that that trend more testing is what we need to beat this to isolate it to see who's sick to put them so they can stay home for a couple of weeks and it doesn't spread and the reality is less and less positive tests are a big reason we think why the stock market has done so well even though I get it the economy is you know historically about as bad as it's ever been. Uh, Ryan, you said there were some good charts. I want to pull one up here. This is just kind of putting these last 50 days into perspective, historical perspective. So we're in the midst of our best 50-day rally uh, ever. Uh, Put that into historical context for us. Yeah, I mean, you know, let's be clear. So this is using data back to like 1957 when the S&P did become 500 stocks. People are quick to point out there were actually larger rallies in the 30s during the Great Depression. It was, it was the S&P 90 then. So, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm not ignoring that, but I just want to make that clear. But as you look, to, you know, let's say the last 75 years or so then, we still just had the greatest 50-day rally ever. And, again, that ended yesterday. That's 50 days off of the March 23rd lows. And you can see on the screen there, up 39.6%. Just amazing. But at the same time, you know, we had the fastest 34% sell-off we've ever seen in history. So it's almost like we're just kind of bouncing back where we were. 
But again, what I like to do is, you know, I mean, what Mark Twain say? History doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. What does it mean? <laughs> and then you look, <laughs> you know, yeah, you look, yeah, that's, that's a good one. But I mean, you know, near term, we think there'd be a pullback. You guys just talked about before I came on. I mean, this is an unbelievable rally, and it makes sense to have a little bit of near term weakness. But what does it mean six to 12 months from now? As you guys can see on the screen, it's only happened seven other times where we had a 20% bounce in 50 days. Six months later, S&P higher every time. A year later, S&P higher every time. And a year later, up 17, over 17% on average. So that's double the average year, which gained uh, somewhere between 8 or 9%. So reality of the fact is, yes, this is a disconnect. But what we're seeing with the strength off these lows, and I came on, I've come on to you guys for a couple of months saying, you know, we don't think we're going to test the lows. And now we really feel pretty comfortable with that because we've seen so much breadth and so much strength off the lows. And now we're seeing that rotation into the previous laggards. I'm, you know, I'm looking at you, industrials and financials, and it's amazing. And the other thing that just came out, and I was just playing with these numbers. I didn't send you this chart. So I didn't know it until this morning. Nearly 70% of all the stocks in the S&P 500 made a 20-day high just yesterday. Okay, that's one of the highest readings we've ever seen in history, once again, with number of stocks making 20-day highs. What in the world does that mean? Well, guys, the last two times this happened, going back, was January of 2019 and late October of 2011. For people who remember market history, those were not the worst times to be accumulating equities for the next, you know, call it the next 12 months or so. So, again, the economy is in bad shape. But what we're seeing from the stock market is telling us that the lows are in, a correction could happen, but it, like, like, you know, like you guys just talked about, it might be an opportunity to buy uh, for higher equity prices going out into the future, six to 12 months from now. Um, Ryan, any insight into which sectors tend to lead the way after periods such as the one that we're in? Well, yeah, we've looked into that. And our base case is we're sticking with kind of who brought us to the dance. Um, you know, we still like uh, technology and healthcare. I know they've lacked. I mean, they've lacked by a good amount over the past week or so. Um, you know, we're overweight those areas. We are even weight as it pertains to industrials and financials. So, you know, we're sticking with those. I mean, we don't think, you know, the defensive areas are the way to play the next six to 12 months, as I just kind of laid out the fact that we think the economy, I haven't talked about the economy. The stock market should do well. We really do think the economy is going to do better the second half of the year. As, again, we're not seeing the major flare-ups uh, that we've heard about. Now, I know with all of the protests and things going on and, and a second wave and people get out in the summer, we could have some, some ticks higher. But if we don't, we think the economy, we just had, you know, we're probably still in a recession. I mean, we think this is the most violent recession we've ever seen, but it also is likely going to be the shortest recession. So, again, as you come out of recession, those um, those areas like like the cyclicals and, and um, your technology, technology, you look back, um, you know, to the 1920s, I think there's a 23 bear market. Technology led six months off those lows, 18 of those 23 times. I know tech's done great. I mean, it's, it's so <laughs> it's amazing how well it's done. But still, that's another group that we still think will probably outperform or at least you mar match the market the next six to 12 months here. And I, I like this chart here, the largest uh, reversals, the annual reversals for the yep. S&P index uh, in, in the same year. So going from the, the, the max drawdown to the end of the year return. And I guess, you know, the obvious question mark for 2020, but where do you think, are, looking at these, these, these years, these rows here, where do you think that leaves us today? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think when as of yesterday, S&P was down around 3 or 4% for the year, and there's clearly a long way to go. Um, but the, what we, well, I, I did this chart a while back, when I didn't, I guess April 12th, I guess, when I did this. And at the time, I was just saying, you know, 
Did the S&P really go positive for the year? Or I should say finish positive for the year. At the lows on March 23rd, we're down nearly 31% for the year. And the numbers said we've never had a year where stocks were down that much uh, year-to-date to come all the way back and finish green. But I'll tell you, 2020, what we've seen this year, who would doubt, you know, the S&P only 3% away right now, 3 or 4% away, who would doubt that it could come positive? You know, that's uh, – We'd be, you know, we think it's, it's likely. I mean, honestly, it's not that far away, right? I mean, it, it, it makes sense. And this is just another reminder of how truly historic and how we look special. So this year is not special, but just how wild this roller coaster has been to be down that much and even be talking about it. Honestly, you know, a couple of months ago, I don't think we'd be talking about the idea of going green for the year. And we all seen this, you know, S&P or the um, NASDAQ or you have NASDAQ 100. I mean, it's a chip shop from all time highs. It's right there. NASDAQ's not too far away. Um, you know, small caps, I know they've lagged a lot, but all of a sudden they're taking that baton. There are a lot more small caps and large caps, and uh, you know, that's that underlying breath that we need to see. Uh, that's how bull markets live, right? They pass that baton around, and that's what we're seeing. So all in all, uh, you know, if we do go green this year, which we think at this point is possible, I mean, very possible, that would be the first year in history where we've got a reversal this large. I mean, just, just think about that. That's unbelievable. So, I'd like to go, I'd go like just ask one question here. Uh, You've seen this rotation here uh, at the top, you know, out of yep. out of out of the big boys here, and since the big boys let us up, I mean, you think we're at a turning point here that now the big boy? I mean, it, it, Nasdaq did go up yesterday and make a new all time or new all time high, uh, but is is this rotation a good thing? You know, out of like the tech and the and the growth companies into into value and really into the trash, the airlines and things like this, or, you know, would, they were dominant on the way up, or are they going to be dominant on the way down? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't going to be dominant on the way down. A great question. Obviously, the question we're all asking ourselves, we know for 10 years, growth is outlet value, right? I mean, it, and then there's been blips, and we really do think this is probably one of those, those blips again. If you just look at earnings, what we're seeing this year and even into next year, I mean, the large cap earnings is still um, significant. I'm sorry, the, the growth earnings are still significantly better than the value earnings on the fundamental front. We still think it makes sense. But the big thing, again, we, we talked about it from the stats I've just thrown out, just the idea that other parts are, are um, you know, kind of participating, I guess, and leading. It's not like tech is lagging by a lot or tech is going down or healthcare is necessarily going down. I know biotech's weakened a little bit here. But nonetheless, it, it, it makes sense to us that this is just a healthy kind of bull market. And again, I get all the economic data, but you know, the other chart I did send you guys, if you want to pull it up, is just how many stocks in the S&P are above their 50-day moving average. Now, I'm aware this is the S&P 500, so there aren't too many small caps in here, but still, the idea that just various laggers in the S&P are now back above their 50-day, and you guys might have talked about this. This was a big one in the news last week already, but the reality the fact, again, similar to the other numbers I'm showing, when you have this many stocks above the 50-day moving average, it's historically overbought. Near term, anything could happen. A pullback makes sense. But my, oh, my, six to 12 months from now, again, there's just another, you know, bullet point for the bulls that say this much breath that we're seeing is not the hallmark of a bear market. It is the hallmark, honestly, of beginning a new bull, new bull market and suggests, again, higher equity prices six to 12 months from now. And a year from now, I'm sitting here talking to you guys. You know, hopefully Ohio State beat Michigan one more time. Had to get that in there. Sorry. But also, <laughs> yeah. hopefully, you know, but hopefully, um, you know, we've got a vaccine. I mean, there's, you know, there's 140 vaccines in free clinical trials right now, 10 that we know of, at least in human trials. And, you know, the odds of having two or three of those hit over the next six to 12 months is, is 
pretty good, you know, and that can, that can be a really, really positive thing, obviously, as we get this economy back online. And that's what I think. That's what we think the stock market is sniffing out. I mean, I get the Fed has got so much power and the government is spending money and all the debt. We get all those concerns. And we're not naive to them. I've got the same concerns as a lot of other people about some of those things. But what happened to our economy, we needed to do that. And the stock market is sniffing out potentially better times ahead. And that's what we think is the case the second half of this year on the economic front as well. Uh, one question, one comment before I let you go. I just looking at the IBB here, uh, 2015, you made that crazy top. It came down, took a year consolidation on the downside, back up here near all-time highs. It's just, I don't know, when it takes uh, hits a level, goes down, and takes four or five years to get back up to it. I mean, what would you what would you be looking at to signify, you know, a huge Fibonacci extension, another move up in this thing, mm-hmm. or maybe a one, two, three-year breather? I mean, it's, it's, Index is acting like every company is going to come up with a vaccine or cure for COVID-19. I just wanted to get your, your long-term opinion on the IBB. Yeah, well, we, we are bullish uh, biotech in general. So, okay. you know, it, I can't talk about individual equities necessarily. Okay. You know, yell at me, but we like biotech. And I get, you know, the, the, the run-up. But when we look at some of the earnings prospects, I mean, they just said today that, you know, Remdesivir could make bring $7 billion dollars to Gilead, I mean, that is, that's a lot of money, <laughs> last I checked, and, and, you know, that's not even the cure, right? I mean, that, that's a band, I'm not band talk, you know what I mean, I mean, that's a drug to help, that's not even the cure, so the, the reality, the fact is, is there are a lot of potential in that area, and, you know, we are overweight healthcare, like I said, and we, we like biotech, I know it's pulled back recently, but we've been in it for a while, so it's still a group that we think, um, you know, all of a sudden done, we'll, we'll break out and res- resolve higher, and last thing for me, maybe, you know, small caps have made a new high for two years, and I know you guys know that, but people listening, you think, oh, we've been in this bull market forever, we just pulled back earlier this year. No, small caps have made a new high for two years. I mean, there have been parts of this market that have consolidated since early 2018. And that's kind of how longer term structural bull markets work. You know, we've talked before about the 82 bull market. Yeah, there's a 30% correction, 87, right? We know that. And then the stock market kept going. We saw something similar in the 1949 to 1966 uh, bull market with some 30% along the way. And we think this bull market started in 2013 on the breakout. Here's our 30% scary, scary correction. And history would say, again, this bull market, honestly, could have a lot more life to it. Um, and this shakeout, as terrible as it's been, recession terrible as it's been, from an investment's point of view, there could still be um, a lot of opportunity going out several years, in our view. And uh, just, you know, you made uh, the comment there about, uh, about sports and the Michigan-Ohio State <laughs> game, which I hear the freshman players are supposed to um, – I uh, report June 15th. I've gotten several letters from the university saying if there is games, uh, there's, you know, there's going to be limited seating. I think I can pass on going games uh, this year, even for basketball too. But I think the one, one thing that like that uh, people like me, maybe some other investors out there, like all the revenue lost, right. For all the sporting events and all the advertising and, uh, you know, and you look at, I mean, Disney, incredible, being back up here at, at 122 and, and just the baseball mm-hmm. season and the jobs loss and all that revenue. Is that, I mean, I think right now, and tell me if you agree, I think the market's just discounting that all that revenue is going to come back and then they're going to assume their the regular revenues. And I, I, I think mm-hmm. at this point, 
I think if anything is going to change, you know, as a result of COVID-19 and everything, I think it's going to be the sporting world. And I think it's going to be mm-hmm. these athletes that are making this kind of money. And I would not want to own a professional franchise right now if, if you gave it to me. So I just wondered, you know, it's discounting mechanism in the market. Like, it's no big deal that we're going to have a half a baseball season. No big deal. Uh, I mean, I guess it's the thing with Disney is they're going to do all the sporting events at Disney. So that's good for Disney. here, right. But just, you know, for someone that's having a problem, you know, putting that disconnect with the, with the lost revenue, what would you say? No, I, I agree with a lot of what you just said. Other than the fact, I think if someone wanted to hand me a sports uh, team, I think I'd still take it. As a lifelong Bengals fan, I hate them every year, but I think I'd still take that team because I think I could do better in Mike Brown. <laughs> Nonetheless, you know, when you think about what has Look at the financial or the tech bubble, right? The tech bubble. What did poorly for a decade after the tech bubble? It was tech. Look at the financial crisis. What did poorly for a decade after the financial crisis? It was the financials. Now, this time, we know, you know, look at the, some of these areas that are getting hit the most, like you said, you know, kind of sports and cruises and hotels and airlines. I mean, if, again, if history kind of repeats itself, potentially some of the areas that have been the most impacted, yeah, they're going to be the most impressive if we can catch the falling knife and they're going to have the most you know, spectacular game, one-day games and things go the right way. But history would say those might be the areas that are the most trouble that have a lot of trouble going out the next decade or so, and that's just something for investors to really closely, we think, pay, uh, pay a lot of attention to here. That's a really good point. Ryan Dietrich is a senior market strategist at LPL Financial. Ryan, as always, we appreciate the commentary and the time, and stay safe out there. Thanks, guys. I look forward to the next one. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, Ryan. All right. Uh, 8.52 here. Guys, I want to cover a few stocks. Uh, let's do Cloudera. They had earnings after the close yesterday. Uh, earnings were good. EPS beat, sales beat, and they gave guidance uh, that was mixed. Their uh, Q2 EPS guidance was higher than the ex- estimate. Their Q2 sales guidance was not higher. Their fiscal year EPS guidance was higher, and their fiscal year sales guidance was not higher. So light on the uh, sales guidance, but uh, above the estimate on the earnings per share guidance for Cloudera. Dennis, did that buyer get done, or was he just messing around yesterday? I don't know. I don't remember where he was. But he was eleven ninety for two hundred. He was buying two hundred thousand shares. He or he was wrong. <laughs> if he got done, he's wrong. I mean, it ran up. It, it, it's run. Yeah. Look, look at these things. You know, the thing ran from eight bucks to twelve forty ahead of the report in two and a half weeks. So your stock went up sixty percent ahead of the report in two and a half weeks. So. Even if the report was awesome, it was going to struggle to go Tough. higher after that. Zoom, Zoom, which had the, maybe, and Kramer is right, maybe one of the best beats ever in the history of looking at beats. And it was actually down in the report for a little while. And it's going up, but, you know, it was the run-up that killed it. So Cloudera, his report was fine. But, it, and, you know, media will try to find, oh, yeah, well, the, the, the guidance going forward, that's made sales was a little bit light. I mean, they'll find a reason, a fundamental reason. But the bottom line, it just ran up too much. Ran up too much ahead of the report. Uh, you did get a dip here, a nice dip. You're still trading down a buck fifteen, but you were under eleven dollars, uh, ten seventy three pre market low. You're, I don't know, what was the low from yesterday? Uh, way below that. I, I'll keep an eye. I, I would say I wouldn't throw out the uh, the baby with the bathwater on this one. I keep an eye on uh ten fifty. That's just below the pre-market low, and then you got your two- and three-day lows, 10.34, 10.61. So if they want to support this stock, you know, people that are short-term, maybe taking a short position, that 10.50 area looks kind of juicy to me. So let's see if it holds that. 
Uh, if not, you're dropping under $10, probably $9.75. But I don't know. It kind of feels like you caught a little bit of a bid here in Cloudera. Uh, S&Ps, uh, we did take out the intraday low from yesterday, which was 96. We went to 94 and a quarter. But have no fear. The buy the dippers are in. Get us up back here closer to 3,100. So uh, we did reach the intraday low from yesterday. Another one from the chat here. Joel, can you identify any resistance in DXC, DXC technology? DXC technology. Can I? Oh, let's see here. I mean, look at it. Spencer, you're going to, this is a Spencer exercise. Spencer, look at that chart. And without just like what jumps out at you? Oh, I'm trying to trying to eyeball. I can't see it here. Here you it can't is. Get mid, the exact... mid, well, here mid to high seventeen area uh, seventeen ninety. Yeah, I'd say it. Yeah, yeah. seventeen eighty, seventeen ninety. That that range higher seventeens. Joel likes yeah. that high from the 29th. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm looking yeah, Joel, at. Joel likes the the nineteen thirty three high, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's just because that's the highest high. It is bumping up against it, but. You know, from and what I've seen from pattern, a lot of these stocks is they've been bumping up against the uh, recovery high, bumping up, bumping up, bumping up, and then when they can, you know, regardless if it's a retracement, regardless of what it is, if they can finally clear that level, then they they really get some gas going. So I would say 1933 just was the high of the move, but uh, you guys are looking more recent. Boy, this thing really moves around. Holy so, mackerel! It's a wild child, yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy. But 14 bucks three days ago, now it's 18. I mean, again, yeah. you think, oh, you're not chasing, it's been Consolidation Station. But from three days ago, you definitely are. The time to buy was three, four days ago on that Friday when we were down and people were getting spooked again. I mean, you get these pullbacks, you know, and as an 18 Quick. handle pullback enough on some of these stocks, probably not. Seven, I'll go with that. Spencer, your original thing. I was looking a little bit too farther out, but if you're, you know, if you bought this thing over the last couple of days and you're looking at it to clear 18 and now you're scratching your head because it's down, I think right now many people would love to see that close to 1785 and, and let alone the high. So two other highs back in that area. I'd be like, maybe be out there at 1775. You know, just so if it gets quite up there, it doesn't miss it. But yeah, that that stock moves a lot. I never never realized the ranges that that had. Wild, wild child. There there's a lot of stocks that normally don't move around a lot that are moving around a lot in this market here, though. So you know, everything. I mean, you know, historically, you know, Spirit Air doesn't move twelve percent just in a morning. <laughs> it's just uh, you're in this environment where you've got a lot more volatility still. I mean, even though the VIX is well off from the highs, it's still twenty six which is, you know, basically twice as much as it normally is when it's trading 12 to 13 for years. So 26, you know, think about, you know, even going back in the financial crisis, you know, yes, we got up to 85, 90, but we had a lot of period. The majority of the period was around 30. So you've still got a lot of volatility here in stocks. All right, a couple minutes left to go here. We've, uh, I look at the ratings and then I click off the ratings. Really hasn't been anything significant. Uh, more the news. Spencer, you see anything in ratings? No, that, not uh, really. I'm, I'm looking ahead to the earnings from after the close today. And it's worth noting that uh, looks like RH and Slack and DocuSign have all just sort of taken a breather this morning. 
Uh, what else is on the list? Work has had such a run up. It's been an incredible run. We even saw some of these stay at home plays get hit a little bit, but it had none of it. Again, it helped that Zoom held up yesterday and then actually closed near the highs because a lot of people are expecting this to blow it away. And the question is, can it continue higher if it blows it away? Zoom is telling you it possibly can. So I think the Slack numbers are going to be really good. And probably on a pullback on the earnings, it might be a buy. Um, but, you know, there is high expectations here as well. The question is, can they come over the high bar? Zoom did, and Zoom's doing okay. So that bodes somewhat well for and, work. And you could argue the expectations are even higher because of Zoom. It, it, you could. Um, it, it's, it's had a good run, but a lot of people are really on the, to Slack. Now, again, the valuation makes no sense here to me. I know Jason would argue with me. Um, I can't fathom. What, what's the market cap on works on Slack? Uh, got a cool company, cool Pro. product. But again, I'll give the same arguments with Zoom. I think if you're putting in your long-term portfolio and want to look at it in 10 years, I think you'll lose money in it. 15, 15 billion? 22, 22 billion. Right. So it, it, it's worth a lot of money. I mean, it's a cool product. Same thing with Zoom. It's a cool product. It's hot as hell right now, and I don't want to be short it. I'm, uh, I would trade it. I don't know. And today, maybe it gets a pop. It's a tough trade now. The trade was when Jason was talking about back when it was 30. And now it's had the run up. I'd probably book profits before taking it through the print. But the Zoom worked out. So maybe the work can work out too. I wouldn't want to be short it. It's the lesson I think. You can sell it for any stock. Any stock. Well, yeah. Wouldn't it's want to be short. To be short. Yeah, that's the takeaway. It's scary to, to be, be short stocks here right now. Yeah. I mean, definitely. you know, at a certain point, I will be short a lot of stocks. And obviously, I still short stocks every single day, but I keep them hedged. But I just don't want to be naked short this market right now because there's no real catalyst in the near future to drive us down. They couldn't sell off on the riots. They couldn't sell off, you know, when we've had, you know, the cases in certain areas like Phoenix going up. It, it, it finds a silver lining. The market's really, really, really resilient, and it's a tough short right now. All right. Uh, that'll be it for us this morning. I want to thank all of our listeners and of our chatters and our guest, Ryan and Dietrich. You can catch a replay of this show on YouTube or on our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, or Google Play. Don't forget to hit that like button. Tell YouTube that we exist and their algorithm will like us more. We'd appreciate that. Uh, you can always email us, premarket at benzinga.com for any questions, comments, or concerns. And please remember that all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or trading advice. Everyone, uh, good luck today. Be safe out there. And Joel and I will, will be back at 3.40, and the full crew will be back tomorrow morning. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.